Hello and welcome to the Sisters podcast. My name is Sama and I am joined by my co-host and sister, Faza. Hi. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about internet activism. Hmm. A hot topic. A hot topic. Before we begin, maybe let's define what that means for everyone. So what I mean when I use the term internet activism is describing a pretty recent phenomenon which we see mostly on social media. And I think it's enabled and really popularized by these listicle format type of things that come out with whatever the issue might be. You know, five things you need to know about X issue and basically simplifying whatever that issue might be and then giving a call to action of sorts. Yeah, I think that's what comes to mind immediately as well. I would say it's also about um, giving platforms to certain people on the internet who who are seen as, I don't know, thought leaders in the issue or just prominent internet activists. Yeah, I think it definitely has democratized who gets to speak on what issue. Mm -hmm. It's very different than 10, 15 years ago, whereas nowadays when people publish on their own platforms, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, and I guess TikTok now as well, Mm -hmm. it means that you don't need to have a strong entity behind you, you know, a CNN Mm -hmm. pushing your voice forward you can speak on whatever issue it is. I think there's also an element of virality to mm-hmm. internet activism. Yeah. There's sort of a cause of the moment. Yes. An issue of the moment. It is kind of amazing how quickly news can spread. There are a lot of advantages to this type of new media. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, the thing that comes up is just the increased awareness of so many different issues that we now have and I think that there's an expectation of us knowing much more about things that would again not traditionally be covered in the news media Mm. and I think that because of this democratized access to producing content we now are hearing from voices and from groups that have been silenced or marginalized Mm -hmm. I think sometimes intentionally. Yeah. And then the diversity of issues that we have information about now has increased. Mm -hmm. I also think in the last decade or so, people have taken it upon themselves to educate others a lot more Mm -hmm. and, and to become more educated about different issues. Whereas before, maybe there was just a, a lack of access and maybe also general social apathy towards issues that didn't directly affect you but I don't think that that's the case anymore yeah I think everyone does feel like they should be more aware of broader issues rather than they're just like regional problem like they used to I also think that it's kind of a necessary evolution for news to take because everything is becoming more short form Mm -hmm. like entertainment is becoming shorter just 
our attention spans, I guess, are becoming more limited with the increased information that we have all the time. Yeah. So I think it's almost necessary um, to keep everything concise because no one's really reading entire news articles on a newspaper anymore, at least in our generation. I, I agree. I think that people's attention spans have shortened. I know for me, mm. if things are not presented to me in a very concise, almost bullet form type of way, I just lose interest yeah. pretty quickly. Um, it means that we digest a lot more information mm-hmm. than we did in the past. Everything is sort of bite-sized format. And then we also have a lot quicker access to information than we used to. Mm-hmm. So if something happens somewhere in the world, it's very easy for people on the ground, quote unquote, to document that and to post it. And then there is eyewitness accounts happening with a much more immediate speed than it would take again for like traditional news media to get a journalist to wherever to cover the content and to do the research and then share Mm. that with the world. Another pro that I can think of is the documentation of everyday events that may not have warranted news coverage in the past, but are really significant and have a lot of importance. So I'm thinking a lot of the times the documentation of discrimination of any sort Mm. that always has existed, but there has never been as much documented evidence of, you know, racism, xenophobia, homophobia. It's almost expected now that if you act out Mm -hmm. in these ways, that somebody's going to document that and now there's proof and there's evidence which can actually be used against you mm-hmm. and there's consequences for these actions now yeah document it and publish it document and publish and the court of public opinion is i think becoming increasingly important absolutely and that's a really interesting point that you make the court of public opinion Because I was reading a book recently called The Right to Sex, which is a policy book about lots of issues related to sexuality. And the author makes a really good point that we don't use the same standards to judge everyday behavior as would need to be presented in a court of law. That like maybe you haven't violated an actual law but you violated the social and cultural expectation. Yeah. And so there's consequences for that. So what are some of the cons or the challenges related to this internet activism age? Well, as we were talking about the pros, I could also think of the other side of the coin for that, where beyond a certain point, it could become a con. Mm -hmm. So um, I think in the you know, punishing people for violating a social expectation rather than a law. I think that's a good thing in a lot of cases to hold people accountable. Um, It can also lead to council culture type things where, you know, maybe the full context wasn't published or maybe this person has genuinely changed within the past like 10 years sometimes things resurface from somebody's youth and 
it's unfortunate if they have done a lot of growth between that time and that becomes like the thing they're known for. So that I think can have dangerous effects as well. Agreed. And just to describe what we mean by cancel culture, I'm reading from the Wikipedia article, cancel culture or call out culture is a phrase contemporary to the late 2010s and early 2020s used to refer to a form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles. And it's often said to take the form of boycotting or shunning an individual who is deemed to have acted or spoken in an unacceptable manner. I think that's a great definition. Yeah, I think so. And um, there's obviously a lot of of problems with that because Mm -hmm. it does take a very punitive approach to discourse and to interpersonal relations and that always being a looming threat Mm -hmm. for people as you're saying in these situations where there may be misunderstanding or where there um, maybe needs to be more nuance it can have really devastating effects to be caught in this I would say call out culture and it can take really extreme forms as well it can take the form of doxing right where people find out really personal information about you Mm -hmm. like where you live your family's names where they work Mm -hmm. really personal things Mm -hmm. and people will publish that information on the internet that this is this person's home address and this is their phone number and i think people often do take that as a license to go and harass people yeah i think that's that's one example of a pro taken too far becoming a con i think another one was when we were talking about making everything concise and digestible so that we can take in more information um i think that also sometimes comes at the expense of digging deeper into any one issue it's like we have very surface level knowledge of a lot of things but i think the turnover for our attention is really quick like we lose interest pretty rapidly. Um, I don't know a lot of context around issues. I don't know long-term strategies around the issues. Like I just know that in the moment, five bullet points about it and that's it. Agreed. It does simplify these very complicated things. And I think that there's a bit of arrogance in digesting that kind of content and then feeling like, oh, I know not only what the problem is, but also the solution. And the solution often seems to be taking the form of hashtagging these lists or I would say like mild forms of bullying (laughs) going after whatever group has seemed to be demonized at that time, which is, I don't think, a very productive way of addressing issues. And I think it also brings up the question of what is the point Mm -hmm. of Internet activism? Like, is it to make people aware of issues? Is it to educate them? Mm -hmm. Or is it to punish those who haven't fallen in line Mm -hmm. with whatever the mainstream response is? And I think because of the immediacy of these posts and because of the immediacy of which the action that you're supposed to take in response, it can leave a lot of people needing more time to digest and really think about 
how they want to respond to something. One other thing I was just thinking about when we were still talking about the short form, Mm -hmm. um, I think it becomes highlighted how much context is missed when you see something about an issue that is close to you. Yeah. Like, because I pretty happily consume a lot of these listicles for abstract issues that I don't know much about. But then when I see them for issues that I do know more about just because of proximity or because it relates to a country that I'm from or live in, I'm like, okay, there's a lot missing here, you know, and there are obviously some issues that I think are more black and white, like this is the under um, privileged group and this is the person who's inflicting harm. But I think there are also times where you people just try to short form more complex conflicts in places and then the word choice is really interesting sometimes when Mm. we see words like regime versus government or um freedom fighters versus you know and that's not to put anything out there that i'm like (laughs) siding with anyone but i think when your focus is on like how few words you can use to convey a message it does make the writers make these choices of like how do I convey the violence through you know like regime instead of going through the list of things that they've actually done and then that can be a a dangerous way to consume information because you are definitely getting it with a spin absolutely and Not that there is any form of completely unbiased media, but because there are usually, Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen examples where this is completely not the case, but there is usually more vetting, um, more stringent policies and expectations in place from these larger media organizations. Like we cannot be using certain words Mm -hmm. without understanding their meaning and the impact that they're having. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of that is completely absent when it is again just the everyday person producing this content Mm -hmm. and it's funny also that there's people who've kind of like created careers of being internet activists Mm -hmm. and that seems funny to me especially during the pandemic Mm -hmm. social media has taken such a central role in our lives and i'm not some old person who recently got on facebook and therefore that's when the world began that's when the social media world began i've Mm -hmm. been on facebook since i was 15 in -hmm. 2006 i've been on instagram for 10 years twitter for 15 years or you know literally as soon as these social medias came out i started using them so i'm not saying this is somebody who just recently started using social media but Mm -hmm. i think the extent to which we rely on social media now has been heightened because of the pandemic when all of our social interactions did have to become virtual Mm -hmm. for different periods of time i would say living in canada probably for longer than most because we had the longest Mm -hmm. lockdowns in the world in ontario Mm -hmm. so a lot of these things that may have been able to be communicated interpersonally have now almost exclusively become internet or virtual discourse Mm -hmm. so then the necessity to perform your activism yeah um really puts on display what you post on social media 
Mm-hmm. And I think that there is an expectation that if you believe in social justice, if you are progressive or leftist in any way, that you need to follow the following talking points. And if this is the issue of the moment, you need to have a response or something to say on it. Yeah, it's not enough to just privately have issues that you care about and contemplate and absorb in a slower way. It's like you have to immediately take on the cause of the moment and then signal that to everybody. That I care more than you or as much as you. And there's very little interrogation about like what's happening behind the scenes as well. And I think there are obviously different roles that people take with these movements. And sometimes people take on roles of like being an educator, being the person who's like, resharing everything and that's fine that's one form of caring but that's not the baseline or like prerequisite thing that you have to do um a lot of people choose to just like listen first of all yeah especially if you're coming from a place where you don't know much about the cause I think it can become very just like presumptuous almost to be the one who's like okay I just learned about this issue yesterday yeah now let me educate the world on it no like I don't feel comfortable doing that I definitely feel like I need some time to absorb information um read about it look into resources on my own donate go to in-person protests like there's so many different ways you can help and I don't think that your entire social media audience necessarily needs to know about it but I feel like a lot of people feel entitled to know what all of your views are on every issue agreed and I think we're all kind of doing public relations for ourselves almost all the time on social media Mm -hmm. and like what is my statement about xyz issue yeah it's it's very strange Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the issues that we're talking about things that have come up in the last few years are really heavy issues Mm -hmm. issues like racism police brutality immigration climate change a global pandemic Mm -hmm. and millions of people who have died and literally billions of people who have been affected sometimes you just need to contemplate and think about where you fit into all of this And it's such a knee-jerk reaction to go and post something on social media. Again, Mm -hmm. in this very PR language, right? In like, I condemn the following. And it's like, why do you need to say that? Yeah. Especially, like, I have a private social media, a private Instagram account. Why do I feel like I need to put these public statements out there written in this way? Hopefully the people that I'm interacting with people that I'm close to, my friends, Mm -hmm. should know where I stand on these issues, that I'm always going to be against injustice. Mm -hmm. But what somebody in the mainstream might define as the injustice of the moment, Mm -hmm. the priority of the moment, may not be what the issue that I can engage with at that moment in time with the level of intensity that is expected of me at that time. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it, it becomes this very weird performative aspect. And the necessity for people to react it feels a bit like an American reaction, quite honestly. And I think that with the internet being a global space, mm-hmm. it's funny how we've adopted some very American-centric um, reactions 
two things. Mm-hmm. I think about the fact that we've been reading the newspaper our whole lives. Yeah. Right? When we were growing up as kids, we would come home from school and read the newspaper, and we would be learning about whatever issue is happening all over the world. I think we have a very good understanding of uh, contemporary sociopolitical issues. It does shock me when people who have not had that same level of engagement and nuance with global issues start becoming spokespeople. Mm-hmm. And it, it is funny when you do have that historical context or even political or social context and you read things that just don't make any sense, but you're not necessarily going to be the one to go and like argue with them and fight with them on a social platform because that puts you at such great risk. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, oh, so, you, so you're supportive of this issue. Yeah. You're, you're taking the oppressor's side. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't think you should be spreading misinformation either. When you feel like you need to amp everything up into like crisis headline, mm-hmm. then I think you also just run out of steam quicker because it's Absolutely. like everything's a crisis all the time. And then you become numb to when there are actual really big crises. I'm speaking as like a semi-reformed social justice internet activist. Mm -hmm. And I can talk more about where I started, I would say, like in the Tumblr era. Mm -hmm. But I started feeling so angry about all of the injustices that it really consumed my life and it consumed my mental state and I was always upset and always angry and I'm the kind of person who really does feel deeply mm-hmm. about these issues of injustices and you, you're being bombarded with them at this crisis level yeah. constantly. It is unsustainable. Mm-hmm. I know that the purpose for me of having more awareness of these issues is for me to become a more critical and conscious person in my life and really try to contribute positively Mm -hmm. to a world that is more just Mm -hmm. I can't do that if I am feeling so much anxiety Mm -hmm. and panic at this level of crisis all the time because you never really know where your energy should go you don't and I think it also is unacceptable in this day and age to publicly say, I can only care so much. Yeah. I can only extend this limited capacity of energy towards these issues in a way that doesn't affect my mental health mm-hmm. and even physical health to an extent. Mm-hmm. And this is the level that I can contribute to sustainably. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there's any room for that kind of discussion. I think it's like, well, now that you know about this issue, if you don't respond immediately, mm-hmm. you're basically the worst of the worst yeah i think it's okay to say like i will take i don't know certain types of issues on that i feel most affected by Mm -hmm. maybe because of proximity or because of my background or because of issues that i have more interest in Mm -hmm. simply and those are the things that i want to engage with and again i may not engage with them publicly Mm -hmm. but I, i really cannot be everything to all people yeah to all issues yeah i think we should feel skeptical of people who try to be everything to all people and all issues actually i mean i think like you said you can have blanket principles of being against injustice and against discrimination and against you know all of these things which i think we are but 
unfortunately, there are just so many situations where those manifest. Mm -hmm. And we all have a limited pool of financial resources, energy, time. And I think that that should be respected. We also all have different histories as well. And a lot of things that seem maybe very abstract to another person if you've lived through a particular issue if you've experienced a particular thing like you may not be able to engage with that issue Mm. ever again Mm. once you've lived through it and once you've been you know dealing with it I personally couldn't engage very much with the me too move especially in the early stages of me too when I saw so many people that I knew and cared about talking about the the trauma that they faced Mm. and publishing these things on social media and I was feeling like really worried for them Mm -hmm. that you've you've shared this really deeply personal traumatic thing Mm. and and for what I do think that the me too movement it's like one of the movements in recent history that I feel like actually created some pretty long-term change I hope so People do say, like, pre and post Me Too mm-hmm. as a differentiator for when people actually started taking assault claims more seriously and people started holding men more accountable for creating unsafe environments. Like, I know it was not a global and at all socioeconomic levels change, but I think in some circles it did actually create quite a bit of difference. So... I I think that there was a lot of momentum that was created there, and I think everybody's stories did contribute to that in a small way. Um, and I think, like, throughout this whole thing, we're not saying that you should not post on the internet or mm-hmm. you should not be an internet activist, even. Yeah. I think our point more is, like, you don't have to be in order to deeply engage with an issue like that's not the only form your care about an issue can take agreed um which it feels like there's more and more pressure to have to tell the world about your stance which i think is unnecessary agreed i going back to me too for a second there's a really good book Mm -hmm. that talks about the global movement the global impact of me too Mm -hmm. it's called we too Mm -hmm. and you're right that the me too movement is something that has actually had quite a bit of an impact and this book talks about how there's been so many movements against sexual assault and violence against women Mm -hmm. um, sexual violence against women that's been happening forever and ever Um, but the me too movement did definitely galvanize and popularize the discourse and so that enabled a lot of grassroots movements in different parts of the world um, I think this book talks about China and South America and some other places as well, where it did gain legitimacy because of the hashtag MeToo movement. Mm-hmm. The book kind of talks about it in quite a positive way, but to me it also does leave a bit of a, a bitter taste in my mouth that like a lot of the um, sort of faces of the MeToo movement were these like white celebrities mm-hmm. coming from North America. And they're not the ones who even started the Me Too movement, right? Mm-hmm. I for, I'm forgetting the name of that woman, but she was a black woman and she created Me Too as a way to really create community amongst black women who had 
been survivors of sexual assault and say, me too. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we remember that. And mm-hmm. I don't think that we contextualize it the way that initially this was created. It has become almost like a, a much more privileged woman's type of mm-hmm. getting revenge on a particular man or even on a system as opposed to creating community amongst survivors. Yeah. That's true. And I think that points to the way in which, like, internet activism can really go awry. I I don't think, again, this was, like, a negative consequence. Like, I don't think that Me Too has been, like, an unsuccessful movement. Mm-hmm. But it really, it once it's out in the public, it takes its own form. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that I think white celebrities were kind of needed for it to become an issue that was taken more seriously and gained as much prominence as it did. Um, I think it's tough because, like, in an ideal world, obviously that wouldn't need to be the case. But it's also, I guess, a good thing that it did reach that level of prominence so that it could hopefully help more people. I hope so. And I think the question of responsibility Mm. and accountability does come up. Mm. Um, When these issues come to light, who is responsible for maintaining activity towards justice? And, And how do we actually hold systems accountable or individuals accountable when the activism is happening in a very depersonalized internet sort of way yeah I mean I guess it kind of ties back in with what we were saying like everyone feels like they need to do PR Mm -hmm. and like put out a statement so in a way it's becoming everybody's responsibility to talk about these things but then everybody has different platforms on the internet and varying degrees of influence So if people who have bigger platforms but are not necessarily more well-informed on the issue start taking up more space on the internet talking about these things, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Because they're pushing certain issues to the forefront, which is good. But I think the other side of that is that smaller issues, or not smaller issues, but issues that are not being picked up by those people are shoved to the back yeah and it's like what has given you as a more prominent person on the internet more credibility Mm -hmm. to talk about these things especially when we think of you know like pop star celebrities and stuff and they are often pressured to make a statement on like a political issue and I'm like why yeah (laughs) their job is to sing (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know um And it's, I guess that there's no clear right or wrong, because I guess on the one hand, it's like, why not post about things you care about and spread awareness? But it just, I think it does make the question of like, who's responsible for speaking out a bit messier. And then as a consumer of internet activism like what are we supposed to do Mm -hmm. next like what as individuals are we supposed to do um what are do we pass it on to like the government 
representatives or are we supposed to take actions individually Mm -hmm. like what's the system i agree um i think just off the top of my head there's a few responses that i have to that Mm -hmm. um i think that we should understand that change is a multifaceted process and so there are different levels to which we can personally influence and also different um, levels to it through which change can happen and can occur. And so I don't think either of us is discounting the impact of internet activism in terms of like raising awareness Mm -hmm. and even sometimes like raising funds and contributing to whatever needs to be contributed to in that immediate way. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that internet activism is a sustainable solution to issues like Mm -hmm. i don't think that there's the honestly interest and intention span to be engaging with an issue on a really deep level for more than like a week or so Mm -hmm. like it's just that's not what social media is set up for that's not where really the internet prioritizes Mm -hmm. and similarly to what you were saying like there could be really informed thoughtful content creators who are screaming into a void because the algorithm will never pick up their content Mm -hmm. and then you have bella hadid becoming a spokesperson for palestine and then you have you know the old dave Chappelle joke of ja rule being asked what his thoughts were on 9-11 and it's like there's some (laughs) i think we have questions that ja rule may not be able to answer yeah and similarly with bella hadid and others um so so i think understanding the limitations of the medium Mm -hmm. and then also thinking about what is the vision that we are working towards and i can't remember the name of the activist i'll link it in the show notes Mm -hmm. (laughs) but she was speaking about um social justice movements and that how there really needs to be a unified vision of a better world that people can get behind and then whether it is tackling one small smaller issue at a time it goes back into the the collective of like what we're doing this for is for a more just world and that means that it is free of gender bias it is free of racism it's free of xenophobia it we don't have immigration issues you know we don't have um homophobia and queerphobia and transphobia we don't have the climate crisis being fueled by colonialism and neo-imperialism. All of those issues are encompassed when we have a a vision, a unified vision of this better future. And I think that is what we need to be having more public discourse about. And I'm I'm of the strong belief that people who live in democratic societies, like we do in Canada, it is our responsibility to hold our elected officials accountable for these things that they represent us Mm -hmm. and so we need to make sure that the issues that are important to us as citizens and people are being lifted up by these people in positions of power that we have elected that's what we are supposed to do in a democracy Mm -hmm. and that may sound a bit lofty but that's something that we we have control over and we should feel like we have more ownership of I think people feel pretty disconnected from their political systems. I think we should really be promoting that as one tool of change that I don't know if we utilize enough. Yeah, when internet activism bleeds into 
Real life activism. Yes. And real life activism needs to be a popular movement. And so when the internet tells us that this is an issue, this is a popular issue that people are resharing and commenting on and posting, and that tells us mm. what our in-person IRL representatives should be prioritizing mm-hmm. as well. I also made a PowerPoint presentation two years ago in response to a lot of um, internet activism around BLM. That sort of covers the ways in which I think people can respond more sustainably Mm -hmm. to issues that they care about. Specifically in this document, which I will share with everybody, I'm talking about understanding the roots of racism in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then seeing where power and prejudice come together, how we can then tackle specific issues related to that. And so there are longer term sustainable solutions. You need to start by looking inwards and understanding where you fit into all of this in this mm-hmm. locus of power yeah. and understanding your own biases and seeing how you can change yourself. And then there's also other larger macro level things having more conversations within your communities within your families within your friend groups talking about these issues making sure the people that you care about and that you have influence with um are able to understand where you stand and then getting into things like voting and getting into things like policy reform and getting on your local boards and all sorts of other ways in which you personally can help to draft that better future maybe you can link that in the show notes too i will link it in the show notes And I think the question at the end of the day that this goes back to is why do we even have internet activism? And I think if it is truly to educate people, Mm -hmm. then we need to make sure that we're being good teachers. Mm -hmm. And good teachers do not guilt people. Mm -hmm. They don't shame people for lack of knowledge. And they don't punish them Mm -hmm. for not following quote-unquote instructions yeah exactly Mm -hmm. it's understanding that there's a diversity of people who you will be teaching and engaging with and that everybody has their own way Mm -hmm. of interpreting the assignment of of sorts Mm -hmm. but that there's not necessarily a bad thing about that Mm -hmm. that's a good point i think to end with yeah yeah so we'd love to hear what you think um please feel free to contact us we are on instagram at sesters podcast and i will be linking all of the resources that we've mentioned in the show notes please also follow us on spotify so that you can be notified next time we upload an episode and let us know what you think would be interesting for us to talk about Thanks for joining us and talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.